Welcome to the Disneyland with Kids podcast, where we help you plan vacations in 30 minutes or less. Still need tickets or a hotel? Visit our partners at DisneylandWithKids.info slash book for discounts. On this episode, we are talking about some of the best ways to save money at Disneyland with Kids. I am Julie from Mom Rewritten. And I am Becca from this crazy adventure called Life. Becca and I both have large families, and while we would love to splurge on our Disneyland vacations, more often than not, we are intent on saving money. We've each gotten so good at budgeting while at Disneyland, we have saved so much money, we can do more vacations. Today, we're going to talk about the big and little things we do to save money on our Disneyland trips. Some of these are huge money savers, and others are smaller, but then again, every dollar counts. And even a savings of $10 means a few extra churros, right? We're going to start with one of the biggest ways to save money, and that's on travel and transportation expenses. My family and I live in Southern California, and the drive to Disneyland is only about 90 minutes. So the travel expenses round trip are less than the cost of a tank of gas. Becca, you're a little farther away and can choose to fly or drive. So which is the best money-saving transportation option for your family? Well, for us, it is almost always to drive. In fact, we have a trip planned where we are renting a car and driving down and it is still cheaper than flying. There are, of course, a few factors that go into that. If you have a major airport, you may have better flight prices than we do where we live, depending on, you know, how big your family is. But once you get to like four people in your family, a lot of times that drive is going to be cheaper than flying, um, unless you're having to factor in like two or three nights each way for hotel stayovers because it's just too far away. Now, even when you're going to the Disneyland parks by yourself, you quite often do the road trip as well. I do. However, the prices have started to go down from our airport. So I am starting to fly a little bit more. Uh, especially if I'm completely solo. But if I bring a friend along, it's still cheaper for us to drive. Um, If we have a car that gets great gas mileage, then it is for the two of us to fly. And so we will choose that sometimes because it's all about saving money because the more we save, the more often we get to go. So I would say that most families just need to do the research before they go on their trip. They need to price it out check and see what's going to be the cheapest, what time of year is going to be the cheapest to fly, and then take into consideration, maybe you are going to need new tires on your car. If you're taking a long trip, um, you might need, you know, obviously you're going to need lots of gas. You might need some car repairs, as you recently ran into on your last Disneyland road trip. (laughs) You want to tell us about that? No, you can edit that. Out. <laughs> I don't want to really. I don't want to relive it. Um, stuck on the side of the highway for an hour in the hot desert. No, I I don't want to. But you guys did get some interesting Marco Polos from me as <laughs> yes. I documented the um, adventure in case anything happened to me. So I'm glad I provided entertainment for everyone else, though. You did. Okay, so moving on to lodging, there are several choices families have to save what could be potentially hundreds off the cost of their Disneyland vacation. It's even more complicated than just the choice between a Disneyland resort hotel or an area hotel, what we might call an off-site property. 
Naturally, finding free accommodation by staying with local family or friends would be ideal. My family often drives up and back from Disneyland in the same day, so we don't even stay in the Anaheim area. But not everyone has that option, and most guests need to find overnight lodging. What have you found to be the most cost-effective lodging options for you and your family, Becca? Well, of course, if we can stay with someone, that is the best. But most of my family that lived in the area moved away, so that's no longer an option. I am a big fan of finding just the best deal. So, of course, we have a vacation partner that you can book and sometimes get like free hotel nights and stuff. And I think we'll talk about that in a minute. But they also book areas that are maybe a little farther away from Disneyland. So Orange County, like most of the cities are like you cross the street, you're in another city, you know, like they're really close. The actual square mileage of each city is very small. And so you can stay a few cities away and still be a good five, 10 minute drive is all that you have to take to get to Disneyland. My family often chooses to stay in Buena Park, which is where Knott's Berry Farm is located because we can get larger hotels that are pretty decent and about the same, you know, amenities, but a lot cheaper. And in fact, some of them have better amenities like free parking or free breakfast. And most of them also offer free shuttles to Disneyland so that you don't have to pay for parking either. So that is one of our favorite places to stay when we go and to be able to save on lodging. Yeah, for my family, staying in a hotel that's farther away has been our choice as well. Um, I prefer to remain close enough to the return to the hotel in a short amount of time. And I also don't want to pay for parking. So that's another thing that if you're driving in and you're going to park at the Disneyland lots, you're going to pay for that. Or if you're too far away and you don't have a car because you flew, you're still going to have to pay to get yourself to the Disneyland resort. So being able to be in a hotel room that's close enough to the Toy Story parking area, uh, the hotels like the Clary and the Hyatt Place, you can leave your vehicle at the hotel, you walk over to that Toy Story parking lot, just jump on one of those Disneyland shuttle buses and it's completely free. You don't have to park in the lot to use the shuttles. They don't ask you for anything. The bus takes you directly to the security entrance of Disneyland and it's easy. Exactly, Julie. And that's a great area. I've really fallen in love with the area by the convention center because of the ease of using the Toy Story shuttle lot, which is free if you walk over to it. I mean, because you're not using, you're not paying for the shuttle, you're paying to park your car. And so we've been doing that a lot. However, just don't try and get back on the shuttle when there are about 20 school groups getting back on the shuttle. Otherwise, you'll be like Julie and I and end up going ahead and paying for an Uber to get back to That's your hotel. Right. Best $10 I ever spent. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just have to decide, is it worth it? <laughs> is it worth the extra expense? So Becca, where would be a good place to book your hotel to get a good discount? Okay. So I'm going to share a couple ways and I did not prepare Julie for this. I was going to share a couple ways. She only thought I was going to share one. So the first one is to book your hotel through a book before you know site. So this is like hotwire hot rates or Priceline, which has, they used to have a name your own price, but now they have express rates. So these sites do not tell you the name of your hotel. You are given like a general description of your hotel, the general area, and what I really love about Hotwire Hot Rates is 
a lot of times now they will narrow it down. It used to be narrowed down to four hotels, but now they narrow it down and say, you're definitely getting one of these two hotels. So it really helps you decide, is this a hotel? And you can kind of go research those two hotels, see if you're actually getting a good deal or not. The problem with book before you know sites is that you have to pay everything up front. It's 100% non-refundable. And I mean, you can buy travel insurance to help if you have like an emergency or something, but there is like no out. Once you buy that, you've bought it. So my preferred method now is to book through our partners at Getaway Today, where you can get free hotel nights, discounted rates, all that kind of good stuff. They have lots of great deals. Sometimes they get you like free parking when a hotel doesn't have free parking or discounted parking when a hotel doesn't have discounted parking. They get you a lot of extras that you may not get elsewhere. And so you can visit them. We have a link, um, designwithkids.info slash book, where you can check all of that out. But that's one of my favorite ways because they're a great company. They have a peace of mind planned if you want to purchase that's completely refundable or they just have a small cancellation fee um, if you cancel, you know, before your trip and you get your money back. So you could get a great deal, but you have that out if you need it. So one thing that many Disneyland visitors neglect to budget for is food. I mean, you got to eat, but you don't have to buy food in the parks. Disneyland food is for sure pricey, but there are some workarounds. Becca, let's start by talking about packing in your own food. Uh, this is something we always do as a family. My husband is very picky and also very frugal. So we have packed in everything from full meals to beverages to snacks for an entire day for our family of six. What are your best tips for bringing in your own food? So my first tip is don't bring anything and bring in a, bring in a sharp knife thinking that you're going to be able to cut an apple or a watermelon or something in Disneyland. <laughs> so definitely check out what is allowed in Disneyland and what is not. So like glass containers, you can't bring glass containers to Disneyland other than the small baby food jars or if you have a medicine in it that has to stay in it. So make sure you know what's allowed and what's not allowed. But I don't know if you use it, Julie, but we love the picnic area. Do you guys use the picnic area at all? No, we usually just take everything in a soft-sided cooler and go right into the parks. We stuff it under the stroller and then we pull it out when we need it. See, so I like, I have the, if you make sandwiches too far in advance, they get either stale or soggy or whatever. So we really like to make it like right then. So we just bring all the sandwich fixings. And sometimes I travel with a really large group, like we've gone with close to 20 people before. So that's a lot of people to try and take food into the park, but they have a picnic area. It's inside of the security area now, which makes it super easy to use. The lockers in the picnic area are way bigger than the ones in the park and they only cost a few dollars more. They have tables, they're shaded. And so we put a really good sized hard cooler in the locker. We usually spring for the large locker just so we have plenty of room. And then we have a like, reusable shopping bag of dried foods that we put in there and then we'll come out and we will make sandwiches and we'll let our kids kind of run around. It gives us a rest without actually leaving Disneyland, but we also get to make that meal. And they, the cost of the locker is less than I would spend just buying my husband and myself a hot dog meal in the park. And yet we can eat whatever we want. It can be a lot healthier. So we really enjoyed that option. Now I do have a tip about making sandwiches because they do get soggy. So we always pack everything separate and then build it 
in the parks. And we just use the condiments that are out at the uh, quick service dining. So like Galactic Grill has all the mayonnaise and mustard and, and they've got plastic knives and forks so you can cut things um, and just build everything together right there. You could even ask them for paper plates if you don't want to have to pack those in and then you can get napkins right there as well. So what are the kind of things that you usually like to bring in as far as food and snacks? So um, lately, since the last few trips, we've been doing like the go back before lunch deal. So we haven't brought a ton of stuff, but snack wise, I think it's important to bring stuff you know your kids will eat because when you do, <laughs> this is one of the reasons I'm a fan of bringing in my own food because when you do splurge for that Disneyland meal, and even if you pick the thing that your kid eats everywhere else, when you sit them down at that Disneyland table, they will suddenly no longer like chicken nuggets and French fries. You know, true. So I like to bring things I know they'll eat goldfish, granola bars, also power foods that are going to give them energy that they may not have. So a protein bar. Um, we also a lot of times bring like string cheese, stuff like that, that we know they'll eat and that will help power them throughout the day to help hopefully avoid some meltdowns. Yeah, I always suggest too that people consider the temperature. Uh, you don't want to bring in snacks that are going to melt. So like chocolate covered granola bars or even granola bars with little chocolate chips in it, that will be such a mess. Uh, also things that break easily. So you don't want to bring in delicate potato chips. Or if you do get them in like a Pringles can or something that's going to protect them because who's going to want to eat that mushy banana? Really? <laughs> <laughs> They'll say they want it and then mom will open it up and then they'll be like i don't want this and then julie ends up eating it because she doesn't want to waste the food because she, her that's right frugal. that's right <laughs> and it's also good to mention that if you want to bring in a small side cooler but maybe your kids are past the stroller age that there are lockers in the parks that can hold those small side small soft-sided coolers just not a large one in the park Another tip for saving money on food is by splitting meals, which is something we also do in my family. Meal platters usually cost under $15 a piece, and they're fairly big and easy to share. And in fact, we always skip the kids' meals, and we just buy a few platters, and we just share it with everybody. So do you have any favorite meals that you share with your family? Oh, gosh. Julie, do you never listen to my uh, Facebook live chats? Because every week someone asks me about this, and every week it's the same answer. Plaza I know in. what it is too. Plaza <laughs> in. <laughs> I I just love the Plaza in for splitting the meal because so we like to go in and we get like a plate of the chicken meal and then we get a plate of the pasta meal and we get you can order the breadsticks a la carte so you can add a few extra to make sure everyone gets the breadsticks so nobody's mad and we just get a bunch of that stuff. I have fed. I'm trying to remember how big our group was. It was like 15 people. And we paid $100 at Plaza Inn to feed all of us. And we had food left over because we did that. It's a great option. And I just can't say enough good things about the Plaza Inn. Plus, the, the fried chicken's really good there. I agree. The Plaza Inn is always our go-to as well. Uh, there are some other places that, that are great for sharing. Uh, you could get a sandwich with chips from Jolly Holiday. The Mexican food platters at both Rancho del Zocalo and Cocina Cucamonga are the really large. That's super easy to split. Or you could even get a full-size pizza at Alien Pizza Planet. Yep. Those are all great. Um, one thing I do like to mention, though, is kind of mixing these two things because it's sharing the food and it's bringing in your own food. 
Sometimes my family will bring all the stuff to make sandwiches and then we'll buy one of those kids meal mighty packs. Um, They're not like a real meal, but they have a bunch of small things like a bag of carrots, a bag of um, apple slices, a banana, um, goldfish, all these things. And then we split those up to add on to our meal that we brought with sandwiches. So it's kind of a little of both bringing in your own food and splitting up a meal. Now, snacks can be a budget buster. So what are your favorite best value snacks to buy in the Uh, park? So everyone loves the churros, except for me. I'm not a churro person, but my family loves them. And what I love about them is they're they're huge. So one churro can feed my three kids and my husband. Of course, we'll probably end up buying a couple more throughout the day. But one is enough for all four of them. I'm sure my husband argued that it's not. But my kids are satisfied by the end of that one churro for the time being. What about you, Julie? Well, I mean, the giant turkey leg is always a good value because it's so big and everybody can pass it around. But that aside, I have to go with popcorn because it's really filling. Everybody in the family can share it. It satisfies that salty, crunchy craving. You just have to make sure you packed in your own water bottles to drink with it. Yes. Um, Well, and speaking of water bottles, though, that's a a really good tip that we should point out to everyone is that you can get free ice waters to refill your, well, you don't even have to use it to refill your water bottle, but you can get free ice waters anywhere in the park that has a fountain drink, like those fountain drinks. So your quick service places. And also they're adding in a lot more water bottle refill stations throughout the parks um, as they, they're replacing some of the drinking fountains and putting new ones that have a water fountain plus a water bottle refill station. So it's a great way to save money because the bottled waters at the park are like four bucks or so each, I think. Yeah, nobody should be buying water bottles at the park. They're just so expensive. And the same thing with soda. You can bring those in, in those little bottles um, and just have them for your family. Bring in your juice boxes, bring in your water, bring in your soda. There's no reason to buy any beverages at Disneyland. Yeah. And you can even ask for a cup of ice. So if you want to bring in a warm soda and then you just ask for a cup of ice and pour your soda over it. And that is smart. So Becca, you're an annual pass holder. So how does that AP discount make a difference for you when you're purchasing food and souvenirs? So honestly, I try not to even think about the discount because like I said, the more we save, the more often we can go. So we still just set the discount as like it's extra. So, you know, our spending limit's still the same and it does make it nice when we go to a meal where there has to be a tip. It kind of offsets that tip because the level of my discount is 15% at dining. So it basically covers the tip for me. Um, The discount does vary based on your past level, of course, but I really try not to even think about it. And then it's just like, yay, there's still money in my bank account when I get home. (laughs) Yes, I agree. I've got the Flex Passport and it's a 10% discount. So it's just a little bonus. It's nice to see a, a few pennies or a few dollars off of your receipt, but it's nothing huge. It's not as big of savings as you can get elsewhere. So let's get to the final discussion topic and we'll talk about tickets. Becca, you and I are both annual pass holders, but the rest of the people in our respective families are not. So we're always both looking for the best ticket prices when we bring the gang. 
what options for saving money do Disneyland vacationers have when they're buying their tickets? Not eBay. <laughs> that, let's just put that out there first. Never purchase tickets off of Craigslist or eBay or any of those types of sites or some ad you see in a Facebook group where someone is not using their tickets. Disney one tickets are non-transferable. So if they ever went in their names attached to them, their pictures attached to them, you can't use their non-use days. But second, Disney watches those sites. We've had people in the Disney with kids Facebook group that have had their tickets canceled because they bought them off of someone else, specifically event tickets, but it does happen for regular tickets as well. And of course, there's also the people that maybe they're not even just trying to sell you a ticket they didn't use, but they are actual scammers. And so let's just start with that. None of those options are viable. After that, though, the first thing to do is to look for any discounts that are special to your situation. For example, the military discount. Disneyland loves to honor our military members and their spouses and their families. And so they have the best discount probably out of anyone on tickets. Um, you have to check every year it comes out. It's a new price and everything. But basically it ends up being almost half price for those tickets. Um, for right now, it's three and four day park hoppers, and they're both under $200 for three or four day park hoppers. That's, yeah, that's an amazing deal. So I always love when my family travels with a military person and they can get us that deal. But you don't have to be in the military to get a discount. Sometimes they have other discounts, especially for Southern California residents. And Julie, you're a Southern California resident, so why don't you share that one with us? Yeah, every once in a while during the year, Disneyland will release a special SoCal ticket just for people who live in Southern California and their guests. So you're able to go in with your driver's license that or ID that has the certain zip code and you can get really great discounts off of the price of your ticket. And quite often they'll have like a three day where you can go to one park each day. So it's not a park hopper, but um, or a two-day ticket for Southern California residents. And that is quite often how I'm going with my family. And so just to be clear, you adults do have to be Southern California residents to use this. If you bring a friend, they do have to be a Southern California resident as well. They just won't check the ID of kids, just to be clear on that. Sometimes <laughs> they even have spring discounts for non-SoCal residents, SoCal, that's, you know, SoCal speak. Uh, <laughs> Non-Southern California residents can also sometimes get a good deal. Like spring 2019, we saw a huge discount for anybody who wanted to go to the Disneyland Resort. Now with both the Southern California and the spring deal though, the thing to be careful is to make sure you know your terms, know your blockout dates, because both of those were blocked out during certain times, specifically right around Easter. And also know whether or not your days need, how long you have to use them, like the Southern California, you know, you have any time during that time frame, whereas the non-Southern California, and you still had to use them within 13 days. So just be aware of terms and all that kind of stuff on any of those special deals. Yeah, the, I would say that when people are deciding how long to go, the more days that you go, the less your ticket is going to cost you per day. So if you're going for a one day, you're going to pay a lot. And if you're going to go for three days, 
your cost per day is going to go down. And if you can go for, for five days, the cost is going to go even further. So definitely the more days that you're able to commit to on your ticket, the cheaper it's going to be per day. I know Jessica um, and I have an episode coming up about how many days to spend at Disneyland. And we talked about this as well, because when you spend so much on one day, you kind of feel like you got to cram all that magic in. <laughs> Whereas when it's less per day, you feel like you can take it a little easier. Um, on top of that savings, you know, it's it's nice to be able to take it, take it easy a little bit. But you brought up a good point about how it's less per day. And that made me think about how also one great way to save on admission, <laughs> and this is going to sound crazy to people, but remember you're talking to someone who owns an annual pass and lives in Idaho is an annual pass, especially with the introduction of the pass that you have, Julie, the Flex Pass. You mentioned that you have that one earlier. And I did the math because I'm debating upgrading my family to an annual pass. And it only takes two trips within 12 months that are at least two days or longer. If you would purchase a two-day park hopper for each of those trips, you would save money by going to the Flex Pass at the time of this recording. Like the, that may change in the future. It was, it's over $300 right now for two-day park hoppers. So twice you're over $600 and the Flex Pass was introduced at $599. Plus then you get all those annual pass discounts we talked about on food and merchandise. So check into that and see if you're planning on going twice anyways, because you're using all of our money saving tips, maybe that's a good way to save. Is that what finally got you, Julie, is that we kept pointing out how yes, much you could Yes, I kept save? buying tickets for every event that we were going to. And I thought, oh, why do I keep buying these tickets? I could just be applying that ticket towards my annual pass, which is finally what I decided to do. So one thing we didn't talk about yet is children, young children. Now, my daughter turned three earlier this year. And we definitely took advantage of getting her into the parks for free before she hit that birthday. Going on your Disneyland vacation before your child turns three means you don't have to purchase them a ticket. And this is a potential savings of several hundred dollars. So because nobody ages at Disneyland, even if your child celebrates their third birthday during your trip, you still won't need to purchase them a ticket. You should have seen me when my twins turned three. <laughs> like no there goes the price of our Disneyland trips like just skyrocketed because now I have two more tickets to buy but I want to point out also like we we really strongly suggest always going like at what does our friend Leslie say she says at age uh two years and 360 days is the perfect time to go to Disney because, <laughs> because then you don't have to pay for their ticket not only should you pay attention to when your children are turning three but also when your children are turning 10, because we don't think of them as adults at 10, but Disney does. And they require an adult ticket when they turn 10 years old, which while it's not as big of a difference going from free to child, it's still an extra 15, $20 for that child to then get an adult ticket. So two ages to be aware of three, and 10. Is there any other way that we can save money on tickets or are we just doomed to pay the Disneyland prices? I'm so glad you asked, Julie, because there are. So I have two favorite ways that I love to save on Disneyland tickets. Now, the first one is used to be really popular with a lot of Disney groups and it's not as popular. And that's the Target Red Card. 
if you have a Target red card, you can go to Dis uh, to Target and you can either one, purchase Disneyland gift cards and get a 5% discount on them, um, use them to pay for your tickets, or you can purchase, I think they have three-day park hopper tickets and maybe two-day park hopper tickets at Target. And you can just purchase the tickets right there and get the discount. Not my favorite way anymore because I prefer to book everything all together. And so I like to use a authorized discount ticket agent like Getaway Today, who we partner with, and book my tickets at a discount there. And then, of course, Getaway Today, they have great customer service, but they also price match. So if I find a better price somewhere else, they're going to honor that price and they will discount that down. They never penalize you for booking early either. So if you book your vacation through them and then a huge sell comes out, like last spring when the $100 discount came out, you can just call them and they'll refund you. We had Disneyland Kids group members calling and getting hundreds of dollars refunded. Hundreds, Julie. Hundreds of dollars refunded to them on vacations that they already paid off because a ticket sale came out. And then, of course, it was even discounted a little more than Disneyland's prices. So, I mean, literally, we had members reporting that they were calling and getting $600, $700 refunds on their vacations that they were taking in the spring. I, that's enough to like almost plan another vacation. <laughs> well, you know, you and I would. <laughs> we would take that money and go right back. So we're going to wrap up this episode by asking the Disneyland Would You Rather question. And this one comes to us from Disneyland with Kids Facebook group member, Laura B. She asked a question about the Soarin' attraction in Disney California Adventure. So Becca, would you rather soar over California or around the world? Well, this is a tough one. And I used to say, no, it wasn't a tough one. Um, but soaring around the world was really good. They brought back soaring over California in the summer of 2019. And you, you and I were both there that first day they did that. And we rode it together and just smelling the orange groves again and watching the guy fall off the ski mountain and biff it. It was great. And I loved it. However, the difference in the definition in the video is very apparent. While I prefer the Soarin' Over California version, they really need to reshoot the video. So what about you, Julie? Well, for me as a California native, I I do love Soarin' Over California. I appreciate that Disney brought it back for the limited time this summer, but I'm going to have to say Soarin' Around the World edges it out. I have bucket list goals of traveling the world and this footage is so colorful. It's so amazingly filmed with those iconic locations. It just gives me the travel bug. My thing is, though, I just don't get why Disney can't show both. You know, either have the one in Epcot and one in California Adventure. Or, you know, those buildings are set up with two different sides. You could show one with Soarin' over California and one with Soarin' around the world. And then you could just choose whichever line, whichever is the shortest line. <laughs> Exactly. But they don't listen to me. So, you know, whatever. So that's it for us today. And we thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Becca and me, Julie, talking about how to save money at Disneyland. We'd love to hear from you with your money saving tips. Be sure to check in on the Disneyland with Kids Facebook group. Before you pack your bags for Disneyland, subscribe to the podcast and leave a quick review to let us know how we're doing here at Disneyland with Kids.